Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we're focusing on the CFL. We'll talk to Derek Taylor about today's training camp thoughts. Blue Bombers cutting Jalen Saunders. Also, will we get a new CBA in time for the preseason to happen? Doug Brown offers his thoughts on all that's going on on the podcast. We're back to the gridiron now. The Canadian game. CFL training camp reports with Derek Taylor. Derek, I thought we were we were going to be done with all this CBA talk. But <laughs> alas, here we are on... May 25th, that it seems almost maybe as dire as ever. Uh, does it ever? The, the ticking clock, right? Because uh, not only do we not have a deal between the players and the owners, we have a, I don't know if threat is exactly the right word, but there's a threat from the ownership group in the league going, uh, hey, if there's not uh, if there's not a deal, uh, pack your stuff and get out. Like that, that lingering over this whole thing, that's a tone that we really just haven't seen so far. Right. For those who don't know, the, the, the CFL during the initial part of the strike was basically paying for room and board for players, uh, putting them up. And now if this doesn't go through, they're saying, no, not, we're not doing that anymore. And all of a sudden it creates a, a different landscape as we're looking at this here tonight. Uh, we're about 28, 27 and a half hours or so away from this deadline tomorrow night. The latest that we've seen is that perhaps the CFLPA won't even put it to a vote. We'll see what happens in the next day or so. But what was your read on the proposal that we saw from Randy Ambrosi and the CFL yesterday, where they knocked the ratio down from seven to six for Canadian starters, the nationalized Americans from four to one, and a, yeah. a bonus pool for ratification? Well, everything's everything's about the, the perspective you take into it, right? Like from year over year, from 2021 to 2022, 100% true that it's going from seven Canadians to six. Uh, if you want to believe that the owner's first offer was a real one, it's going from zero to six. And if you want to uh, take the perspective of the deal they had thought they had agreed to, it's essentially five and a half to six. So they, they've come up. Uh, it, it just everything feels like this is this is the ratio. The only thing that's holding them back. The the money moving forward, uh, a million bucks moving forward, essentially from six years down the road to today at a little bit of a discount. That that seems like a pretty easy pretty easy move that came on pretty quickly and everybody here's their check for 2500 bucks or three grand whatever it ends up being for members of the union cool but yeah that's not that's not nearly enough to, to stall this right so it's it's the ratio uh seven to six it's it's a change i don't know how i don't know if it's a real dramatic change it's one that i don't really like as a canadian fan but i don't know if i can tell you that it's going to have a, a huge ripple effect on the game but just the fact that it is there were seven Canadians in 2021, and there would be six starting Canadians at a minimum in 2022. Uh, it, it just really rubs people the wrong way. And if you were a Canadian member of the CFLPA, I totally understand why that would be. So it's about perspective regarding the ratio. The league, what would be in it for them, Derek, to want to have fewer Canadian starters? Honestly, it... It's, it all kind of comes around a thing that no one really talks about in the Canadian Football League is that our, our football players born and bred in Canada aren't, aren't the best football players in the world, right? We'll, we'll continually hear that, no, they're absolutely, they can compete on every level. They're fantastic. They're amazing. Uh, the owners are, are kind of with this saying, hey, we want a more entertaining game. And to get that, we need more American football players. Like, uh, 
there's no denying that America is absolutely a football powerhouse and a, truly a sports powerhouse, but 10 times the population. Football is a religion in parts of America. You've heard all the stories and you've probably seen pictures of, you know, tens of thousands of fans at a high school football game, for heaven's sake. It's, if it's about a more entertaining football game, it's saying that, okay, well, the American players are more exciting, more talented, more, more, more of this than, than the Canadian players. That's, that's the, I mean, what else could it possibly be? Why else would a Canadian business, you know, really want to bring in essentially foreign workers uh, unless they really thought it was going to pay off down the road? Well, there's just from a volume standpoint, there are simply just way more American people that play football yeah. than there are Canadians, maybe, period. I mean, 30, 38 million people that play football, maybe. I don't know how many it is, but it's, it's got to be a lot. Doug Brown made a yeah. good point. We'll, we'll have him on the show in about 25 minutes. He says he'd have more respect for the process if they called it for what it is, that it's easier to recruit and fine-tune American NCAA players than it is to draft and develop Canadians. Yeah, that's, which that's is why the ratio exists, it. right? Yeah, it's it. That's why the ratio exists. That's why it exists in every business. Because if you're not forced to look for people, you know, different people, then you're never going to find them. And this forces you to look for them. Uh, the Rooney Rule in in the NFL, right? You have to interview an African American or minority candidate for every what is it now? Coach, head coaching job, and front office job. Like because yes. owners were not looking for those people, and now. And now you have African-Americans and, and people of color in, in all sorts of prominent roles in the NFL. Not, a, not enough, but there are more because you have, to, I mean, you have to fight against these coaches. I mean, these, these urges of the people doing the hiring. American coaches, let's not kid ourselves, historically have been biased toward American players. And, oh, uh, you're, the, you're the Canadian receiver? Get way out there and stand there and don't get in the way of my American receivers, right? That's... That's kind of where we have these structure, these positions. It's not formal that you have to have three interior offensive linemen, the wide side wide receiver, a safety, and a nose tackle that are Canadian. But teams gravitated to that over the to the years, and those those biases need to be fought in the Canadian Football League. And I, I don't know. I'm assuming you've seen this on on, on Twitter too, Christian. But the the thought that well, the CFL is the only league that does this. But you know, honestly. The NFL, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are one of the are some of the few leagues that don't do this. There are so many English Premier League football, any basketball league, any non NBA basketball league has restrictions to how many foreigners you can have in it. So why can't the CFL have restrictions as to a minimum number of Canadians in it? And anytime we compare the CFL to the, like the big three, big four leagues, I don't think it does. Uh, anyone any good because it's just it's, it's apples and oranges the cfl it's a smaller yeah. league we can say that it's fine it, there's less money yeah. in the cfl than there is in the nfl and the nba and the mlb and nhl it's a nine-team league entirely within canada it's smaller but at the, so it's going to have different problems and comparing it to those other leagues isn't helpful well no ex exactly and in comparing it to the league, which is the very top of its sport, is also not particularly helpful. Well, best man should win. Well, that's that's great in theory, but kind of all of society has taught us that if, if you actually if you think football is is truly done on who's the best player for the job, yeah, I'm sorry, that's that's not how football has worked historically. Coaches find the guys they like. Organizations find the coaches they like. Those coaches find the other guys that they like. And I'm using guys very intentionally because it's been a lot of it's been a lot of dudes running sports and, and, and you know, organizing these sports. 
it, it, it hasn't been strictly the best player because you can't look at all the signings around the CFL this offseason and go, yeah, you know what? You're doing that because that's the best player. You're picking a guy who hasn't played football in five years and you think he's the best player? No, he's your guy. We get it. That This is not a meritocracy. It's uh, I like this guy. There's a lot of that in there too. Speaking of a guy who hasn't played in a while, Jalen Saunders today. The news yeah. out of Blue Bomber training camp. We get the email about 8.30 in the morning that Saunders is no longer with the team. We, we heard from Mike O'Shea earlier in the show. Didn't reveal too much about why. We did say that, it, you know, it's been a while that Saunders has played. To see a guy get released, Derek, on May 25th before there's even been a preseason game, that tells me that it wasn't really going to work out. What does it tell you? Yeah, it, it tells me the same thing because O'Shea in that said, hey, we've released a lot of guys. And I said to him, sure, but they were rookies or the kid who got hurt on the first day of rookie camp or uh, uh, Jer- Jeremy Kapolanski, the sixth-round pick, who hurt his knee quite badly. It's been injuries and raw rookies who have been released. This is a veteran who didn't even get to the first preseason game. So to me, that strikes me as different. Had Saunders been released on Saturday, I get, I, you know, I understand it, it happens. So to me, it, it just says there's more to this than the Bombers are within their rights to not say much of anything. But had Saunders lost his explosion, is there something off the field, either in his home life? Uh, you know, he, some guys, I don't know, this. I have no idea if this applies to Saunders, but some guys need to be back at home for, for reasons that are beyond football. I, I don't know what particularly led to Saunders' release, but it's the way it all happened with a guy who has that much of a track record in the Canadian Football League. It just, it's to me different than just the, the regular garden variety cuts that you see as they try to get down to 75 players. Well, how did he look at camp in your eyes? He, except for, uh, gosh, Ellingson, I'm working this from memory, Ellingson uh, started sitting out on Sunday. So Saunders was with the first team Sunday, Monday, and then took yesterday off. I mean, he looked, he looked, he looked okay. I, the thing we don't see is uh, the explosion. Right there's there are 12 on 12 periods where guys are going sort of full speed, but we don't really get a full sense of explosion and separation. That makes me wonder with the injuries he's been through, uh, the ACL and the fractured hip when his car was struck by a drunk driver. I, you just wonder how much of an impact that has when explosion is from your you know it's from your core and it's from your legs, and if you don't have that, then you know you, I, I honestly don't know what you can do to get it back. And so with his release then, does that open up opportunity for someone else or are they just that flush at the receiver position that there wasn't room for him? Yeah, I I get the feeling there could have been room for him, right? Because, I mean, like with 25 games, 1,900 yards, uh, he was a star in, in Hamilton in a, in a loaded receiving course. So I feel like there would have been room. Today, what we saw was Ellingson still on the sidelines. Doesn't appear Ellingson's going to play on Friday. Uh, so they go with rookie Dalton Schoen, and you go, okay, well, brand new rookie, was in some NFL camps, but this is his first time in the CFL. So they, they're they going to try what they can, right, to to fill in, and, you know, Schoen's a kid who could who could make the roster and, you know, essentially back up Greg Ellingson, to be the American kid on the practice roster who fills in for Greg Ellingson. I It, it was always, in my mind, it was always going to be Greg Ellingson's the starter because, that's a five-time, thousand-yard guy, just total stud receiver in this league. So Saunders was going to have to change positions or, or be cool with being caught on practice roster and uh, ultimately didn't work out. But for a, for a young kid trying to make his mark in pro football, it may well work out. 
And so we wait now again. We, the, the Bombers oh. going ahead as if uh, everything's good, the, as they should. They don't, you're not going to just not practice. So they have their walkthrough tomorrow, and, and we hope, Derek, that we do have a game on Friday. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, 11 p.m. tomorrow, we'll know by. All right, Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, joining us for Training Camp Reports. Thanks as always, Derek. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. CFL. Might have preseason this week, might not. We'll see what happens. CBA talks ongoing. We thought this was over. It is not. We welcome in Doug Brown, former CFL player, Hall of Famer, broadcaster here on CJOB. Doug, what have you thought of the last week or so of uh, events? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty unusual, that's for sure. As uh, someone that's been around a, a CBA or two in my time, um, the the simple process of you know having a deal agreed to by your, your player reps and your bargaining committee, and then to go back and and have that uh, have that decision uh, ratified by your membership and and to have it fail, and to not be successful that's uh, something I've never heard of before. So it's uh, it's unusual in the sense that obviously the player reps are there, the bargaining committee are there to represent those uh, those player memberships and and that that player base. So. It just speaks to a larger disconnect maybe between uh, the, the the general uh, population of, of players and and what their, uh, their their leadership group thought they were after in terms of the collecting bargaining agreement because they certainly didn't get it right the first time around. So here we are in round two and things are not going very well. So the change, the big change to the ratio, at, it's from seven down to six, the nationalized American proposal from four down to one. And... As a former player, what do you think of tweaks to the ratio? Yeah, I mean that's that's always been a non-starter for uh, for a lot of the the guys, uh, for a lot of the leadership in the Canadian Football League. They understand the value of the Canadian players, how integral they are to to the game, how unique and special they make the game, and uh, it's it's obviously it's a, a tremendous. Um, uh, opportunity or something to look forward to for university players to know that, you know, teams need them and, and they will get an opportunity to develop and, and be coached up and, and uh, get a chance to uh, compete in the professional realm. Because I mean, one of the biggest disadvantages you have in, in, uh, in collegiate sports is the difference between an NCAA athlete and a, uh, a Canadian university athlete, you know, showing up at the same training camp. Uh, it's uh, just the, the infrastructure down there, the competition down there, the coaching down there, just vastly superior to what a lot of uh, uh, Canadian university kids are exposed to up here. So it's, it's a tremendous advantage. And, uh, you know, that Canadian ratio just forces teams to draft and develop these guys. And as we find out down the road, uh, sometimes the, the Canadian players, guys like Andrew Harris, guys like Nick Dembski, uh, receivers like Drew Walitarski, not only are they as good um, as their American counterparts, but sometimes they're the best in the league at their position. And these are guys that never would have this shot, never would have this chance uh, to play in this league if teams weren't forced to draft and develop and, and be patient with them and give them a chance to, to hone their skills in the Canadian Football League. Well, and I know that it's all about creating the best product possible from the CFL's perspective, but in terms of maintaining Canadian fandom, I think there is a, a part of it for a lot of fans to be able to see a player like Harris, a Canadian in the backfield that creates an additional level of pride in your fandom, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, a guy like Andrew Harris born and raised in, in, in Winnipeg 
And uh, he ended up being, you know, one of the best, if not the best running back in the CFL for a large part of his career. And, you know, he was a guy that got picked up from junior football and that required uh, a number of seasons with the BC Lions before he even got his first start. So uh, they see these things happen and they, they understand that, you know, a lot of these players just need the exposure and, and access to this platform to really hone and develop their skills and once they get that opportunity, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for these guys. A lot of the best players that the CFL has ever seen, you know, uh, are, are Canadian players, guys like Mike O'Shea, you know, in terms of a middle linebacker. Does he ever get a shot with as many American middle linebackers that are pro-ready coming out of NCAA platforms? Does a guy like Mike O'Shea ever get a chance to be a middle linebacker in, in professional football if there isn't that ratio, right? So, you just look at how many superstars there there were that you know took advantage of that ratio and and how they added to the legacy and the, and the heritage of the Canadian football game and it just uh, I mean there used to be ten Canadian starters in the CFL and it's already down to seven and now the league's pushing for six so it, you know it's uh, it's not trending in the right direction and it really uh, makes you wonder when you have a, a commissioner that that calls the Canadians the bedrock of the of the the Canadian football landscape and yet their you know their first offer was a complete elimination of the Canadian ratio and uh now their their quote final offer is still uh taking that uh seven Canadian nationals down to number 6 so they're still constantly working um to erase it and uh and erode it and you tweeted today that you feel like they're being disingenuous in that way. Oh, without without questioning, there's no. First of all, you know you can't you can't compliment and uh, and say the value of Canadian starters um, in in one breath, and then the next breath say, yeah, but we're still we're we're looking to eliminate those jobs, right? And I, I feel like it's it's just a lazy approach. Um, I, I feel like American pro-ready players are a dime a dozen, are so plentiful, and uh, it's 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 an easier, it's a much easier way to feed your pro football machine because you don't have to draft and develop these guys, and you don't have to, uh, you know, the, the recruitment and uh, the, the the coaching and all the things that go into, you know, the the seven Canadian starters are, are are valuable commodities. They're harder to find. They're harder to get backups for. But that's the nature, and, and that's part of what's unique of the Canadian Football League game is that teams are forced to do this. Right? They're just not. It's not a football machine. Uh, there are a lot of hit and misses in uh, in the Canadian Football League draft, and it's very hard to have you know seven good Canadians on your team. But the teams that get it right and get it done, you know, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, are the first team that come to the top of my mind end up being fantastic football teams because those guys are playing at a level on par or exceeding their American brethren. Well, and you think of the future of the Canadian sport, right? If the CFL ditches Canadians, I mean, that's going to have a trickle-down effect down to the U-sports level at the junior level, and it would have a negative impact. And what, um, what football league, other than the NFL, has has succeeded with exclusively American players in it, right? There's been no, you know, United Football League. The XFL has failed, uh, you know, a number of times. Just the NFL has been the only 
league that you know solely dominated by by american players has been successful and obviously the cfl has been around with a very different constitution and and makeup and and diversity of its players for for 100 years uh, you know going strong so to go away from that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me and i, I think that's a big big sticking point uh for the players association my experience uh, negotiating some of these collective bargaining agreements, uh, the, the Players Association, their number one mandate is always uh, to protect uh, the jobs of their membership, first and foremost. Um, so to come in and, and have your platform, hey, uh, first of all, the, the league said they were going to initiate, uh, they're going to eliminate uh, all, all the seven uh, national jobs from the, the, uh, from the start as, their, as the beginning of their bargaining position. That was just... That's not exactly negotiating in good faith with uh, a partner that you're talking, you know, you're talking about having this uh, ongoing relationship going forward. And and even now, later on in the game, uh, they still want a reduction of one from seven nationals to six. So if uh, the player station uh, is anything like it was when I was there, uh, this could be a non-starter. And this could be the reason why there's speculation out there that the uh, CFL Players Association won't even take uh, this a quote final offer from the from the league to their membership base unless it is altered or unless they or unless they come off that stance. So if there is no CBA by the end of tomorrow night and preseason games have to be canceled and the players that get kicked out of the the room and board situation that they've been put up in for training camp, what does that mean for the CFL as it's currently stands? <laughs> Yeah, this is we're getting uncharted waters now, right? So uh, there's only been, uh, I believe, two strikes in the, in the history, and uh, I, I'm not sure about uh, the ramifications of, of lockouts and so on and so forth. I do know I am optimistic in the sense that I, uh, I know how players generally feel about training camp, and if they had to sacrifice training camp to get a, a better deal for them, I can guarantee you they would have no problem doing that. But um, when it comes to missing parts of the regular season, that's when things would get um, very serious and very real in a hurry. But like I say, this is week one of training camp, so there is time. Time is on the side of uh, the players in the league to to come to agreement in some respects. So um, it would be unfortunate to miss preseason action and uh, even more unfortunate for young players that are trying to develop and get an opportunity. But you know, if this is all that is uh, required or needed to be sacrificed for these uh, uh, two parties to come together and, and make a deal, then I think it'd be worthwhile. Well, Doug, hopefully I get to see you Friday at the stadium because that means it'll be a preseason <laughs> game and that means we have a CBA. Yeah, it's interesting uh, work on your scheduling, right? You're just like, well, I might be busy on Friday, but I might not. So, you know, you never know. Appreciate this, Doug. Thanks for this. Have a good night. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Doug Brown, CFL legend, Hall of Famer, color commentator here on CJOB. We might have a game Friday. We might not. We'll see. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again.
share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect.